0: Welcome to Worship at Grace Lakin. This service was recorded on August twenty first, 2022. Pastor Rem Dias brings a gospel message from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39, through chapter 12, verse 2, titled, Run in His Strength. in the gospel, committed to growing together, and sent to love, like and the nations. Now please rise as we join Chad in the call to worship. Good morning.
1: Today's call to worship is based on Psalm 27, and Psalm chapter 4, verse 23. I will read the unboldened portion that says, leader, the call the the portion that says, God. Let us worship God, our Lord. Our eyes. We desire to live in God's house
0: and to seek God in his holy temple. We have come with shouts of joy to sing and to make music to the Lord. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. To give us your ways and straight our paths in this hour of worship and all. Of
1: that you are a holy God and that would be our hope and our peace and our comfort
0: this morning. Thank you for the great privilege that we have to to worship you this morning. Word and song and prayer and I just pray that you would be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name.
1: In Isaiah 55, 6-7, we read, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and he will freely pardon him. Join with me in our confession of sin. Almighty God, we say we trust Jesus, but we do not always seek to follow us to Jesus. At times we are too concerned that what others might think of us, we did follow him. Forgive us and help us to revel in boldness that we might live up and afford the faith we have given. Forgive us for our sin including his personal sins, we now look to you. It's time to show itself. Father, thank you that we means- Repentance and faith in this place this morning. Uh, And just thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the assurance of pardon is Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 8 says, I will cleanse them from all guilt of their sin against me, and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. So, I invite you to stand as you respond. With the a response coming up now. Of our sermon series through Mark, and I think this week and next week uh, we just just—I'm going to do just two standalone uh, passages, standalone messages, not tied into any series. And then we're doing—we're uh, going to start in First Timothy. Uh, so again, I encourage you dive into that book, see what it's about, um, because it's going to be great. I think we're going to call uh, that that the subtitle for First Timothy is a blueprint. For a healthy church, blueprint for a healthy church. And so, i um, excited to, really excited to dive into that. Um, and it's good to be here this morning. It's good to see you guys. Everyone's looking great. Chipper, here we go. Uh, we don't have a lot of verses this morning. So, we're only going to go through, uh, we're going to go from chapter 11, verse 39, to 12, verse 2. Okay? So, eleven thirty-nine 39, to 12, 2. As we'll be camped out, again, it's on the screen. And here we go. Let's just dive right in. Starting in verse 39 of chapter 11. And all these, you're like, all All these, We'll, we'll get to it. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run. Everybody say run. Oh, my goodness. Are we alive right this morning? Wow. Let's say, everybody say run. There you go. Okay, we have a congregation this morning. Let us run with endurance the grace the that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy, everybody say joy, joy go, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen, amen. So I'm titling this message: Run. Turn your neighbor and say run. Turn your other neighbor and say, In his strength. Okay. Turn to one neighbor and say, I don't like running. I don't, I don't, I don't want do I'll do that. I'll be bad. Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, for this passage. And I am so uh, humbled, honored um, that God, you wrote a book. And help us just to be aware of that. You wrote a book, and we get to have it sitting in our laps looking on the screen, and we get to just sit under it this morning. Yeah, that your words, your thoughts, and I just pray that um, it the same Spirit that inspired this word, the same Spirit that helps us see, God—just that's what I pray, that it would come and move us. It would, it would move us to faith. It would, it would help us understand what's here, and then it would provoke us to keep running the Christian walk Keep. Focus on you, um, and just so thankful uh, for this time, in Jesus. Name. Amen. Uh, well, I when I was in Hillsboro, there was uh, my track coach uh, that I ran in college was was an elder at that, that church, um, and we we had uh, you know I, I got out of college and we had picked up money together. Um, and it was, it was fun. We, we'd run together. We were on a, we were on a loop uh, around Hillsboro. And I think the loop was like a five-mile loop or six-mile loop. I don't know. It's been forever since I've been there. Uh, because, yeah, been here, here, Holy cow. And so we're on this loop um, around Hillsboro. And on the last mile of this loop around Hillsboro, you go up this monstrous of a hill. And there's hills everywhere in Hillsboro. It's not like Western Kansas, but this hill is monstrous. It's just huge. Uh, and, he, and at the bottom of this hill, he was just like, man, I've got to tell you this story of the worst race I've ever experienced. And I was like, really? He's like, yes, like, yes. it's like the worst race I've ever experienced. So Hillsboro has a, and he goes on and tells me this, this story. Hillsboro has what's called the, the Hillsboro Biathlon. And you start at the top of this hill, and you go out 2.5 miles run, and you come back, 2.5 mile run. Then you get on your bike, you go out 10 miles, and you come back 10 miles. And it was like a big deal. Like Tons of people from St. Louis came, and people crowded the streets, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty big race. And he was leading this race, all right? It's a big deal if you're a Hillsborough guy leading the race, like you wanna win. Um, and he's leading this race, and he's at the, he's at the base of this hill, and he feels it. He is just like, he's like, man, I was feeling it, I just did and there was guys right on my tail, and I'm cranking out, and he said, My sister, he's like, Nope, no joke. No, no, my sister comes up to the line, at the base of this hill, and she says, "Ryan," she's just like that. He's like, It was crazy. He's like, Brian, you look terrible. You better go up the hill faster, they're right behind you. And he's like, She's like, just like that. She said, No enthusiasm. Nothing. She's like, you just look awful. You better go on the right behind you. He said, everything in me. He's like, it was seriously. He's done all these. He's done Iron Man. He's done. He's like the worst race experience because he said at that moment when she said it like that, everything left me. I had nothing left. Sure enough, they pass him. Uh, he loses, and I was like, well, you
0: know,
1: yeah. Anyway, um, but I, I I thought of that instantly because I'm like, that is the complete opposite. Of what we have here in this text, I mean, if anything, the author of Hebrews is saying, "Run!" Like he's like that really annoying parent at the at the game, just like borderline, like, "Hey, calm it down!" Like just run, keep going. You gotta keep pushing forward because this is what we learn right from the back, right from the start of Hebrews, is that the Christian walk, the Christian walk is not a 100 meter dash. Okay, I was a sprinter in college, and like you know, there's this sprinter distance war. I mean, like who's the best? And sprinter, like definitely distance is the best because it's like you just gotta run 100 meters. That's it. You're done. I mean, it's it's like Paul say the, the Christian life is like a marathon. It is like a deep, just long. Race, and what's interesting is this word "race" that he says in this text. This race is the word "agon," uh, this Greek word "agon," which one author says it it signifies a wrestling match or a race in which endurance and determination must overcome the aching desire to quit. And I mean, you even see this. Don't we? Do we not see this all throughout Scripture? that we see the Christian life, uh, the walking with Jesus is one that is a fight, that one is a war, that's a battle. I mean, let's just, a couple examples. 2 Timothy 4.7, Paul says, I have what? I have fought the good fight. I have finished what? The race. I have kept the faith. Then he's encouraging this young leader, which we're going to see again in a couple of weeks, in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6, two, he says, Fight the good, fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. John Piper says, Paul simply does not recognize a Christianity that is not running a race and fighting a fight. And I think really to understand, I don't think, I know, to really understand what Paul is saying in this really famous text. I mean, You've probably heard this, maybe you've been around church long, to really understand, you have to understand the context of the whole book of Hebrews. And I think it gives us a window into our own heart, is this, that the this church is tired. This church is tired. They, had, uh, they have been enduring persecution after persecution, and, and they are literally, get this family, they are literally cons- considering giving up. Giving up on Jesus and going back to what they know, Judaism. Look, I'm done. I'm tired. I mean, it, I mean, look at it. I mean, the Hebrews chapter five, verse twelve. I love this. It's one of the most in your face passages. It, it talks about how you know the, the author is to say, hey, many of you should have been teachers by now in the church. He's like, hey, many of you should have been teachers by now, but you got to go back to spiritual milk. I mean, I got to get the bottle out again. Because, I mean, I mean, you're in. And bottle feed you. And then in Hebrews 12, 12 through 13, I mean, it says strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. So, look, there, there is a tiredness. There is a heaviness here. And Hebrews chapter 12 is like this hinging point, this turning point of just saying, still, don't know, I know it's but keep running, keep going, keep running. Pushing forward. I know it's painful. I know it's... But you keep going. Keep looking to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, Matt, but have you ever felt like that in your walk with Jesus? Yeah. That you almost... It's like... Again, there's just so much race analogy in Hebrews, but it's like you, you almost want to just lay down. You know, like, some of you are know, like, I don't even want to run. Right? I don't understand that analogy you're in. I don't even want to run. Uh, but you just, you just want to lay down. And here, here, here's what we're going to do, okay? I mean, again, am preaching to you? You understand. You're, you're, we're just going to look at the text. And we're going to see this. That in the text, we're going to see that that the author is given us one motivation, I mean, he's given us one command, lay aside, wait, and sins. And then, in, in order to do that, he's, then he's gonna give us three motivations kind of surrounding this one main point of run, of how we do that. How we can just be Christians, how we can follow Jesus with endurance, with passion, with zeal to keep moving. So that is where we're going. And so let's look at the command first, because the command is waiting. You see the command in verse 1b, um, and it's this. Lay aside weights and sins that entangle your running. Lay aside weights and sins that entangle your running. So there's two things that actively get in the way of us running, of us pursuing, of us moving forward in the Christian life. And the first one pretty obvious. He says right there in the text right, that the sins... The sins. So, um, just, it's obvious. There's sin in the Christian walk hinders your affection for Jesus. I remember the first uh, illustration I ever did as a youth pastor. And I don't know, I just—I came on strong, right from the back. Uh, I mean, seriously, the first lesson I ever did, I, I got this yarn out, and I was going to do this, but, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. made it. Uh, And, and I, brought, I brought a kid up and I said, okay, alright, sin works like this. And I had the kid, you know, and I got a big kid, you know, the kid who was that the group to pick up the girls and thought it was cool. And, uh, you know, I brought him up and I said, put your hands together. And I wrapped this. I said, you know, when you sin, you know, it's like this yarn. And I wrapped the yarn around his hands. I said, can you break that? He yeah, girl, break it. And he just broke it. And I said, okay, okay. And that's what happened. When we, when we ask for forgiveness, you know, it breaks it. But. But what begins to happen is if we keep sitting and we keep getting used to sitting, and we uh, and, and I just kept wrapping the yarn around, and we just and, and we just slowly start turning our back on the Lord and just keep sitting, keep sitting. Then then then, I was like, then you try to break it. and He was like, oh, I can't break it. And he cried. And I got, I almost got fired. No. I was, um, and then I, I I got these scissors and I said, "Well, Jesus is the one who breaks our bondage," and I cut it. But I mean, guys, if you think again, I said, this, "If you think again, we can play around with sin, then you're going to have this all amazing relationship with Jesus." You're wrong. If anything, you know, I think as believers, this is what we do: we look at it and we're like, "Oh man, those people need to repent. Those people need to turn to Jesus." And, and we're, as followers, we're like, oh, we're, "No, all the more." The more you get closer to Jesus, the more you should be exercising repentance and faith. The more you should be saying, hey, I'm surrendering my sin. So he's saying sin entangles sin. It it, uh, it, it entangles you, but even more. What about weights? Have you ever read this and thought, well, weights and sin, like he's talking about the same thing, right? Like weights is just like sin. Uh, No, wrong. Weights is something totally different. So there's sin and then there's weight, And what is weights? Like what is what what does he mean about weight? And I'll define it like this. Anything that might not be a sin, it might not be a sin, but it slows you down in your race with Jesus. Uh, Keeping with this analogy of racing, I ran again, I ran at Greenville College and I was the slow guy. I mean let's just be honest. I mean I I they like on the team simply, I don't know. Uh, and but we had this guy, oh my goodness. We had this guy that should not have been D three. He was like easily D two, maybe borderline some of the low D one schools. His name was Edgar Townsend, and that's what he said. I'm and he was just scary. And you don't want to make eye contact with that guy, because he just like looks into your soul and he's a scary guy. I mean, But he was the fastest hurdler I've ever seen. I mean, it was But he would have all of these clothes on, Like, right? I mean, it would be 100 degrees out. I He'd mean, like four pairs of pants on, like two sweatshirts, and even have a little, because he's like, you know, he's got a rope up his body. But he would, like, he could have ran with all that on. Like, he could I mean, literally, I think you just said have that have your bid thing on, and he could But no, he'd get up to mine and what would he to do? You just give you a serpenty on that way off. Why? Because if it, it, it would hinder his running. It would hinder his running. And in the context of Hebrews, there were these games going on, okay, and in there was these these brilliant I mean we almost wore on a school we did some Olympics and they would come into the, the, the Coliseum with these long robes on and then they would literally they would, they would strip the robes they would get I mean wore on like ah, awkward don't don't compete like that um, because they didn't want anything hindering and so weights are things that again not necessarily that but we put on that we involved into our life that just slow us down. And that sounds really vague. Let me just help you zero in and help us zero in how that actually works. And come at it like this. When I was a pastor, a lot of times as a pastor, people ask you the question, hey, is this a sin? is this a sin, like, uh, is this music, if I listen to this music, if I watch this TV show, if I, you know, um, what, what happened if I have this girlfriend, and like, if we did this, is this too far, and and I began to realize, that's like one of the lowest questions you can ask, that is it just a sin, is it, is it, I mean, what's wrong with don't ask the, the minimum righteous question. Ask the maximum righteous question. Is this, does it help me run? Does it help me run with Jesus? Does it get in my way when I'm trying to be more holy? Trying to be more self-controlled?
0: Trying to be more gentle? Trying to be more
1: kind? Don't just ask, guys, Listen. This is Christian maturity, right? Don't just ask what's wrong with it again, but does it help me run? Does it help me run? And I would challenge you, and I, your pastor did this this week, just sit down this week, and you know, you got kids in the home, you know, hey, spouses, help each other out, like, hey, I'll take the kids for an hour, and you take the kids for an hour, and like, you get a free hour, okay? Dads, you can do it, prompts, Take the kid and and just give your get get along with God and with your Bible and say, Lord, reveal to me my sin, but also show me my weights. And I I did that, and I started thinking about, okay, pastors' weights. And this again, this is some examples: sugary cereal and really late nights watching television. Is that a sin? Sugar or cereal is debatable. Uh, but, um, no, it's not. It, it's not. But a continual, like, ah, oh, this, this is what I want to do at the end of the night. And then it gets into my morning, I wake up tired, now I don't want to pray, now I don't want to sit, now I don't want to. It's a way. That little device in your pocket. I know we say it a lot. We always say, oh, this is, I need to get it. But are you, are you really, like, seriously? Like, your phone. Like, are you justifying, again, what, how you're using it? Again, is it a sin to be on phone and have an Instagram account and to you know, play a game? Or, no, no. But is it, is it hindered? Is it hindered? Too much time on hobbies, that's me, sometimes like that, borderline. So sit down with a pen in your and just say, Lord oh, Jesus,
0: I want to run well. I want to run well. And because you don't,
1: if, if we don't make a plan, if we don't take it, like it won't ever happen, so just, I encourage you, if you want to run well, don't just ask what's your sin or what's your way that's what he's saying. Lay aside, weights, the sin. And then so but what's the motivation in doing that, though? Because that, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing. And that's, that's what he says. First motivation is this. To keep us running, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And you see this in the first part of that verse where it says, therefore. Everybody again, circle that therefore again. Because every time you see it, therefore, you circle it and say, what is it, therefore? And it's pointing back. Okay, it's pointing back to this all of chapter 11. Which, if you're like, what's chapter 11 about? Oh man, chapter 11 is so good. It is like this hall of fame of, of, of the faith. Like these giant saints in the faith. Uh, you know, you have, you have Abraham in there. You have Sarah. You have Moses. I mean, just these giant David. These, these amazing people of the faith. And he's saying because we are surrounded by men we should have motivation and money? And I think, I'm like, wait, what? Why? Why? Like, how? And let me just show you how I think this gives us motivation. It's because the verb the verb form of witness, since we're surrounded like that, word witness, is used five times in Hebrews 11. The Greek word of that. It's, it's in verse 2, 4, and... Uh, twice in four and then in five and 39 and it always that it's always giving a reference of confirming a testimony it's confirming a testimony rather than just merely watching an event so it's not like they're just idle by but they're like again it's this idea of witnessing like confirming like we want to, we want to push you we want to fan into play it's not just acting passive. it's like hey we're, we're here I think how, what that sounds, again, it sounds really weird. How is their faith going to encourage them to walk like this? And let me paint it like this. Imagine, and this could, might be a hard game for some of you Imagine you're running a race, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to imagine this. Why does it keep talking? About? It's Hebrews, not me. Uh, imagine you're running a race, and you are like, I hate everything about this right now. And your legs hurt, and you are just like, and you see, uh, you just want to give up, and you're like, oh my goodness, why do people do this for fun? I hate this. I'm going to just lay on the ground and drink some, you know, and, but then you notice, you see the finish line, and then you see all these people that have, and you realize they're 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 on the site, and they finished the race. They finished the race, and now, now you notice it's like, oh my goodness! Now we're, we're dipping into the, the the Christian realm and the, the, the spiritual metaphor here. And now it's David, and David's like, "Hey, you can do it. Keep pushing forward in the walk of the Christian of the Christian walk." Keep pushing, keep moving, keep moving, and you realize, oh my goodness, this was David who committed adultery. He had he had got murdered. And he finished. And then he met Sarah. And Sarah's like, come on, come on, you can do it. I feel like and you realize, oh my gosh, like Sarah, like this window into her heart. She laughed at God. Like, oh you're gonna be huh? funny God, like real funny. I'm old as dust. And God provided. And then you see there's Moses, and Moses is like, hey, I understand you live in the West, and there is all this wealth around, and he's like, hey, but I want, I want you to realize, and you got to see this, in 11, chapter 11, verse 26, it says this, he, meaning Moses, considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth huh, than the treasure of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So he's like, hey, hey, I understand there's there's temptations to take your diet, wealth and make life about wealth. But hey, consider the approach of Christ. Consider Christ and looking forward to him. You can do it. Keep pushing forward. Listen. This is, I mean, we look at the Bible and we say, oh my goodness. Thank you for David. Thank you for these people. They're never the point. But they, looking back, we can say, oh my goodness. The people of God were never really elevated to the extreme. Who was? It was Jesus. But they kept their eyes and they had rough the reflex and they finished well. So because they are finished well, we can keep our eyes on them. Okay. We can keep moving. But then, I want you to see this. And I read it 29 and 30 for a reason. I mean, 39 and 40 for a reason. Because it's, most of them skipped over when people preach this passage, and it's phenomenal. Because look at 39. And all of these, all of these people, all of these Hall of Fame, of faith, it says all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Okay, hold it. What was it that was not promised? What have they not received yet? It just said all of these people who have literally been saw them into, gathered up their life, or fight to fight, they have not received something. They have not received what is promised. What is that? Final glorification. They are spiritually present with the Lord, right? You know, that's what you said today you're with me in paradise. But the new heavens and the new earth have not come yet. They have not had resurrection bodies yet. And why? Oh, this stirs me. I might begin. verse 40. Since God has provided something better, or encircle this word. For us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. You know what he just said? This is what he's saying. You know why they haven't been, uh, why final glorification hasn't come yet? Why? They are still like, hey, keep, they're, they're, they're cheering us on, they keep. Because we're wanting to go across the finish line together. They're waiting for us. They're waiting for those who would be, all those who would be in the elect family of God to cross the finish line together in final glorification. How cool. How cool is that? New heavens and earth were finally received that. So, the clock witnesses. Let's look to them. Let's keep looking at them. And then finally, we stay motivated. Uh, And this is just beautiful. There's not a lot of, Exposition here because just it's what it says we stay motivated in the race by looking for looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, verse 2, I love this it says, In a race, we are constantly looking to Jesus. Why? Because He is, help me, He's the founder and perfecter of our faith. Okay. Jesus is the pioneer, He initiates our faith, runs faith, race ahead of us. And brings our faith to its final goal. See in the Old Testament, again, the Old Testament sacrifice system kept breaking down, and they needed, they needed again, Jesus in the new says, okay, uh, I'm gonna do a, a new thing, and I'm gonna do actually perfect faith. Because Jesus He's saying here in the text, Jesus is the only one who has done the race perfectly. He's the designer of the race. And because he is the initiator of faith, he's the one who begins it. He's saying, okay, I'm also going to perfect it. In you. And why I love this, because... You making it to the end of your Christian walk, you coming into final glorification still just pumped up, loving Jesus, had nothing really do much, but but it was because Jesus was the one working in you. You realize that our God was holding you fast. He is invested into you more than you think. I was and I was thinking about this with an illustration. I'm going to use a couple of house illustrations here, but uh, when you Uh, make a real estate deal, you put down earnest money, right? A lot of money, and they do that. So you, and it's a pretty good chunk of change, so you won't walk away from the deal. And here's what this verse is saying. Jesus has more invested in you by His blood than you would ever ever dream. That He's He's got more invested in you. It's his. It's the author. It's the author and the reflector of our faith. And then finally, we stay motivated by learning, learning from Jesus's joy. As you got to see. I had you say it, and you did great. By the way, I was like A minus. Uh, A plus would be, I don't know. They would be breaking the window. Like, but here it says this. This verse is... Let's, let's look at it. Verse, verse 3 here. Through for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Now, Jesus took on... Jesus took on temporary shame and the pain of Christ. For a future joy... The text says, the question is, again, what is that joy? What was it? What is the joy? And the joy is, the joy is this, the joy is, his joy was our redemption, for sure. Okay, so he took on the shame at the cross because the joyful idea of bringing God's life into the family of God, the joyful idea of redeeming people. Us into intimacy with Him, but for the fact that that would magnify the Father all the more, and so that He could get be with the Father. Ultimately, it would be to satisfy God and give Him glory by redeeming us. It was the joy that was set before Him in
0: redeeming us.
1: Do you get that? Like, um. Again, another house illustration. Um, I have not this this week, and I'm sorry. I, I've lived in a parcel of my life, so if you know what this is. So when you buy a house, you, you buy, you want what's called a clue report. Anybody heard about this? A clue report, an investigation report? And it's, it's. Um, so a clue report lets you know everything that's happened in that house, okay? so. The, the hot water meteor broke and flooded, and you know there's mold everywhere in the home or whatever. Uh, you can see that report. There's termites in it, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, the clue report. will be able to see that, so the clue report lets you know everything that's in it everything that's amassed. And here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. Here's the beautiful thing about the joy and Him redeeming us. It's like Jesus said, hey, Jesus said, hey, I got the clue report. Of it, of it us and he says I'm still buying even though I'm still buying even though they have made a wreck of this house oh my goodness like the thing, the chandeliers are breaking the walls are breaking, it's like doesn't matter I'm still buying because that's what redemption's all about to redeem it, to restore it and that's what he's saying. It's for my joy to go to the cross. It's for my joy to, it's, it's the shame that they needed. it, I'm, I want it because I want to redeem them so that that way when they get in the meeting, they go about
0: the earth giving glory to the
1: Father. It's about that deep joy. And as I close though, you've got to see this. Jesus was embracing horrible pain and the shame for the joy of a future reality. That's just what the text says. And the same should be for us. Listen, again, we are about grace here, but we are about Jesus. And following Jesus is not always sunshine and rainbows and bunny Okay? Jesus says some pretty hard words. Like, give up your life. Jesus says, hey, the road is broad that leads to destruction, and many are beyond it, the, the road is narrow for those who are fighting. And, and the reality is this, and a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds horrible, Christian walk is this merely a loss and it's, and it's all this given up. No, it's for, it is always for gain because of the future reality. I love it uh, that uh, Romans 8 18, the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing to the glory that we that will be revealed to the children of God. Put your weight on Jesus. I just dare you. I just dare to say, okay, you know what? I'm following Jesus all out. I'm, I'm going to run this race. If. And as I do, you, we get closer to Jesus. Again, He starts refining us. He starts mauling us. And He's going to say, hey, here's weight. Here's sin. Here's the weight. Here's sin. Oh, I want you to actually... Instead of spending your time and money this way, I want you to do this. Oh, go up against me. That seems tough. And then Jesus said, oh, I, want you to, I want you to go over here. And you think, man, this is tough. But as you do, it's all for the joy because you know He is a great joy. So as I close up here again, imagine you're running. Imagine you're living. Again, where you're at in your Christian walk? I don't know what Maybe you're you are laying on the ground. Maybe you're sprinting ahead up the hill and you're falling great. I don't know what you're You're running, and I love how this virgin says it as Jesus comes by and says these words. Jesus now he grabs, he's not like my coach's sister who's not good, but imagine he's grabbing the side of the road the wants to maybe go under the table to just give you a smartphone Maybe not, but I don't know if he do that. Maybe he would. Okay, keep going. You know, he comes under and he says, hey, I will help you. It is a small thing for me, your God, to help you. Consider what I've already done. What? Not help you. I bought you with my blood. What? Now help you, I died for you. Since I have done the greater, will I not do the less? Keep running. I am Lord. Sure. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this text. And I pray that, Father, those who right now maybe feel like they're laying on the side and just saying, you know, I have no motivation to wake up the morning, spend time with Jesus and they just feel like they, they feel maybe, you know, they feel like man like these Hebrews they're just kind of hanging out this is tough would you help them to understand that you're the author of their faith you're the perfecter and what you began you're going to finish and that father they would look to you. They would they would understand that there are other saints before them that gone before them who have gone through our times and that Jesus is in the midst of those that you would just right now strengthen their, us as a body to keep running, to keep pursuing, to keep eyes and fixed upon you and gladly say, world, you're behind me, gladly say as Moses said, you know what, I consider the approach of Christ so much greater than all the treasures of this world. I want Jesus, and so I pray that that you can help us to not just be hearers but doers of this word. In
0: Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, when
1: well, we come to the uh, time of the Lord's table, and I love it that the text says. Uh, by the way, this is uh, the motivation <laughs> you want. You, you want another motivation? Like I love that. Uh, our God gave us a sacrament, and uh, the sacraments are to strengthen our union. The sacraments are like that. Look, like this is the aid station. Okay, you're on the This is the aid station saying, hey, come to the table. Come to the table and get together and keep rolling. Because it's reminding us this. Jesus was the one who shed his blood endured the shame, had his body nailed to the cross. So again, you and I don't have to. And so, I want to read the words of the institution again, 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord, but I also believe that the Lord Jesus, the night when He was betrayed, He, after he gave given thanks, He took bread and said, He broke it. He so said, take me, this is my body, which is for you, and do this, do this in remembrance of me. And, and then, after he took the cup and he said, hey, this is, this is phenomenal. This is, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. In my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you take this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, I would ask you, do you, do you are you struggling with it? Are you struggling? Come to the table. This is where Jesus says, you come. Come broken, come here, come to the table and remind yourself of what he has done. And again, this is um, time to fence the table a little bit too. This is for the believer. This is not for the unbeliever. Who's who's "Ah, I don't know where I stay with Jesus. He's not really Lord to me. I would just say, if he's not Lord, if you're not running this race with Jesus right now, I would just say, hey, just stop in your seat and give your heart right to the Lord. Surrender him. Say, hey, I'm gonna start this race with you. I'm, a, I'm all in. I believe. if you do that in this time, tell someone. If you're fearing it, it's like, hey, I still got a question. Don't be here without doing that. Don't be here without doing that. Again, this is this is Jesus' invitation. This is his favor. So that, again, it's. It's for all those who are repentant and believe in Jesus. And so again, we're going to use teaching. So when your heart is ready, um, after I pray, you can come up and we'll just tear a piece of the bread and then you'll dip it into the cup and eat it and uh, return to your, your seat. So uh let me pray is not about your prayer. Father, I thank you for uh, this amazing sacrament that you've given us and I pray that you would take it with reverence you would help us to examine our hearts by the power of the spirit and and renew our word and all with this sacrament and that father you could use it by the power of your spirit to strengthen us in our race with you and so thankful. you Right. So thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So when the R is ready and we
0: you. For joining us at Grace Laken, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grace KS, on YouTube, and at GraceLaken.com.